And who thinks that James and Michelle Hewitt are doing a great job in our region as well? Our region. This region? I, I call it our region because I'm here all the time. So thank you, worship team. You guys are awesome. Uh, I think we should give them a round of applause as well. And uh, so good. Well, it is uh, wonderful to be here uh, again at the Capricorn region. And um, it's, I think, oh, I can't remember how many times I've spoken at this region. And uh, I think I might have said it before. I think James is going to get me back till I get it right. So uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully today is the day. And uh, it's just great to see so many friends. Um, you may have heard things have changed in our life. Uh, Jesus has called us to the Gold Coast, uh, you know, from Ipswich to the Gold Coast and uh, suffering for Jesus. And, uh, you know, but somebody's got to do it. Um, you know, they need Jesus as well. And, uh, and so we've been down there and it's uh, quite interesting actually having a real job, you know, like um, being on the road, you know, and living like a rock star all those years is, you know, you kind of get a bit spoilt and then I've got to go and like go to an office and everything. And uh, it's just, uh, so I really honour and respect everyone here and uh, that sort of thing. Uh, when I first got appointed, uh, James asked me if I was still wanting to come back for this weekend uh, because now I've obviously got a church now so I can't go away as much as I used to and um, but I did keep some weekends free for some places that I wanted to go back and say thank you to and um, damn it <laughs> and I wanted to come back to this region and um, thank you for your support while I was on the road um, I've been told I'm probably the only person who's ever been able to succeed for that long just in Australia on the road. And, um, but it's because of regions like yours. And so I thought I didn't want to just fly off and go surfing and forget about you. <laughs> <laughs> and so I thought I needed to come back and say thank you um, for your support. Um, I wouldn't have been able to stay on the road if it wasn't for regions like this. And... Um, Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Don't know why I did that, but anyway, um, <laughs> praise God. So I'm looking forward to sharing with you today and um, I'm going to do two sessions. going to do kind of a, uh, a normal session then I'm going to do, um, do a practical session like last time when I came. We did a practical session on preaching. I'm going to do a practical session on prophecy uh, and the next one. So we're going to do a prophetic workshop next session, if that's all right. Um, but before we do, uh, turn in your Bibles to the book of Romans. Romans chapter 8. Romans 8, 28. I'm sure every preacher here has preached on this. Romans 8, 28. And just as you're turning there, um, I felt I had a word for Dan James. Um, hello, champ. Good to see you. Um, so, I felt the scripture come to mind, Ephesians 3.20. Uh, God's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or think, according to the power that works in us. I felt God say that you were going to exceed expectations in your poon, especially. Uh, that in your poon, um, you're going to succeed there more than anyone expected or thought. Um, that there has been prayers sown into that soil for many, many years, and seeds sowed into that soil for many, many years. And God's going to cause you to even exceed the expectations of even Pastor James and Sam in that region. 
that what you're going to do there, people are going to look at and be amazed, uh, that you, God's going to do through you exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or think. Um, Romans 8.28 says this, And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. I'll read that again. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Tied my message today is, it's all good. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I just ask and pray. Fill us with hope today. Thank you and praise you for the Lord in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Romans 8, 28 says this, we, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. It's interesting the people that the Apostle Paul wrote that to. He wrote it to Roman Christians. And Roman Christians were people actually suffered a lot. I mean, you heard the story about the Christians and the lions. Where do you think that happened? That happened in Rome. And so here, Paul is writing to these people who are deeply persecuted. And he said, hey, church, and we know, don't we? We know that all things work together for good for those that love God and according, according to his purpose. If I was one of the Romans, I'd say, I don't think I do know. After everything that's happening in my life right now and the suffering that I'm experiencing and the trials, I don't think I do know. But here he is, he's writing to a persecuted people, a people in the midst of even a tribulation, and he is saying to them, hey, we know that all things work together for good for those that love God and call according to his purpose. If I was one of the Romans, I reckon I'd ask another question. What things? What things work together for good? And maybe you're here today and you're going through a difficult time and a difficult season and going through some tough things and you might be feeling that yourself. You're thinking, I don't know if all these things are going to work together for good for those that love God and are called according to his purpose. So I want to talk to you today about four things that will work together for your good that you don't even realise. Four things that you don't even expect. Four things that will work together for good for those that love God and are called according to his purpose. The first one is this. is dumb things. Dumb things. What are dumb things? Dumb things are the mistakes that we've made. I don't know about you, but if I've made a mistake, I think, well, God can't turn anything good from that because I've made a mistake. But God knew this when this scripture was written. He already knew ahead of time we're not going to be perfect. And he knew ahead of time that we are going to make some mistakes. And yet in spite of that, he still says that all things will work together for good for those that love God and are called, are called according to his purpose. I love the story of the prophet Elisha. The prophet Elisha was um, out with some men and they were chopping down a tree. And as they were chopping down a tree, an axe head, the axe head flew off the axe and fell in the middle of the Jordan River. Right at that time, the man turned around and he said, Alas, my Lord, it was borrowed. And Elisha doesn't say, well, that's your fault. Where were you during the safety induction? <laughs> you should have tied that thing off properly. That's your problem. You, that, you made the mistake, you get out of it. But he didn't do that. What did he do? He chopped off some twigs, threw it into the Jordan River and the axe head came up and he kept on going. We need to understand that some, even some of the mistakes we made, God can still work those things together for good for those that love God and call according to his purpose. Moving down the Gold Coast, I use my sat-nav a lot because I don't really know where I'm going half the time. And you know, it's a, the sat-nav will tell you, and, and also too, I did buy it because I did lose my licence for six months as well last year. So I thought it's just it shows me where all the you know, the speed changes and that sort of thing. So, um, except in, uh, you know, where there's roadworks. But anyway, so I put the sat-nav on and, um, and it will tell me where I'm going. It'll say in 300 metres, turn left. Now, if I keep driving and bypassing it, 
It doesn't say, well, you're on your own. <laughs> you wouldn't listen to me now. You don't want to listen to my advice? Go your own. No, it doesn't do that. What does it do? Rerouting. Now turn in 200 metres. Missed it again. Well, rerouting. God can reroute your destiny in spite of the mistakes that you made. Some of you are just in the middle of a detour. You made a mistake, you owned up to it, but that doesn't short-circuit your whole future. God can turn that thing around and do incredible things in and through your life. You're not disqualified by some of the dumb things that we've all done. He says all things work together for good. The next thing is this. He says all things work together for good. He doesn't say all things are good. He says all things work together for good. Some people misunderstand this scripture. They think that everything that happens to me is going to be good. That's actually not what it says. It says they work together. Some things by themselves are really bad. And if you just looked at them, you think my life is over. But the thing is this, God can take that and work it together with some other things and turn it together and work it together for good. Just because you experience a bit of bad doesn't mean that God doesn't have some good things uh, for your future. Um, I put on about... About 12 years ago, I put on 10 kilos like that, and it was my wife's fault. Because <laughs> what had happened was I had come, I had, um, she had stopped working, and so she decided her hobby is baking. And, uh, and she make, bakes brownies and cupcakes and muffins, and she does it just for fun. And, you know, and so obviously if it's there, I'm going to eat it. I'm half Tongan, you know, that's what you do. Uh, in fact, we used to have a rule in it. Well, it was my rule, actually. Uh, the rule I had in my house was, you know, any item that was in the house for over 24 hours became property of the whole house. And uh, remember one time I did that, I bought a couple of Magnum ice creams, one for me and one for my wife, and to have a dessert. And then she decided she didn't want to have it that night. So she left it in the freezer. At about 24 hours, it was still there. So I decided to eat it. And I, because I was like, you know, that was the rule. And uh, she's making, she's baking all the time just for fun. And, she's, uh, and, and I said, listen, you're not, she goes, you put, you're getting fat. I said, listen, that's your fault. You're, you sh- if you want me to get skinnier, you should, not, you should not be making that stuff. And then she says the dumbest thing ever, oh, you don't have to eat it. <laughs> As if I'm not going to eat it, you know. <laughs> and so anyway, I could always tell, I just got that off my chest. I could always, <laughs> I could always tell when she's getting ready to bake. Because she starts lining up the ingredients. Butter, sugar, flour, eggs, chalk dots, all that sort of stuff. Starts lining it up. And as much as I love her baking, I wait till she combines it together before I eat it. I don't just walk into the kitchen and say, oh, awesome. Crack an egg. <laughs> Grab some flour. A <laughs> little bit of sugar. Ooh. No, that's not how it works. It has to be worked together in order for it to turn into something beautiful. Sometimes there's some bitter things that you put in a, in a mixture in order to make it taste nice. And in the same way, some of you are in the middle of bad right now. I'm here to let you know that even though you're in the midst of bad, God can turn that thing around. He can add some other ingredients and he can work it together for good. Just because you're experiencing some bad, some disappointment, some tragedy, does not mean that God cannot produce good out of it. He works all things together for good for those that love God and according to his purpose. In the US, there's a chef, a celebrity chef, and, and uh, when, he, you know, when he's cooking, 
he'll taste what he's cooking. And if it's not right, he'll add another ingredient. And what he does is he grabs the ingredient and goes, bam, and he adds that ingredient. And all of a sudden, it's so much better. I felt the Holy Spirit say that for some people here, he's about to, bam, add another ingredient to life. He's about to add some favour. He's about to add some opportunity and turn that thing all around quickly. Some of you have been going through a bad time for a long time, but you'll be amazed at how quickly God can turn that thing around. He works all things together for good, even the disappointments, even the difficulties, even the bad things, even the tragedies. He can work them all together for good for those that love God and are called according to his purpose. You know, a number of years ago, I was, um, it was probably about 10 years ago, actually. I remember it's 10 years. And I was at this, um, I was just praying, and the Lord spoke to me, and he said, Ben, you're good with faith, but you're bad with hope. Uh, now, I thought they were the same thing, and then I had a revelation at that time. Uh, faith and hope are different. Faith is an action. Hope is an attitude. So faith is basically... Uh, God tells you to do something, you step out and do it. You know, you read the heroes of the faith. By faith, they did this. By faith, they did that. Faith without works is dead. So faith is an action. But hope is an attitude. Uh, It's just that positive feeling on the inside that God loves you and he's got good things for you and you trust in his character and his nature. Even when he hasn't promised you stuff, you just think good things are going to happen. That's an attitude of hope. And God spoke to me and he said, Ben, you're good with faith, but you're bad with hope. Um. Now, then I prayed the dumbest prayer I've ever prayed in my life. And that was this, Lord, give me hope. Now, it was only a few years later that I realised Romans chapter 5, verses 3 to 5, says we glory in tribulation. Because tribulation produces perseverance. Perseverance, character. And character, hope. And then I embarked on a journey of having all this tribulation come into my world as a result. And I remember thinking, having times thinking, how can any good come out of some of this stuff I'm having? But if I look back down the lens of time, I realise that a lot of those things were the ingredients I needed to be able to handle some of the opportunities that God has sent my way right now. All things work together for good, for those that love God and are called according uh, to his purpose. The next thing is this. Uh, all the, uh, the next thing is meaningless things, meaningless things. Uh, all things work together for good for those who love God. So that's the only caveat on this whole verse. You have to love God. It's not all things work together for good for everyone. It's all things work together for good for those who love God. So how can you tell if you love God? Well, Jesus tells us. He says in John 14, 23, He said, if anyone loves me, he will obey my commands. So the evidence of someone who loves God is obedience. Now, you would know if you live a life of obedience and obedience to God, there are times when you don't know why you're doing what you're doing. Because he asks you to do things and they don't often make sense. And they might seem like they're meaningless. But the thing we need to understand is God can even take those things and work them together for good. We can have entire seasons, years, when we're doing things and we don't know why we're doing them. But he can work all those things together for good. Last year, um, I felt God speak to me in, in June and said I had to go to this, New Ze- this conference in New Zealand uh, called Manifest Presence, run by a guy named Martin Steele. I'd never been there before. I knew Martin, and God just spoke to me and said I've got to go. 
And so it was pretty exy for me to get over there and that sort of thing and got organised to do it, stayed at a hotel nearby and didn't know anyone. The only person I actually knew there was Martin Steele. And, you know, he was, he was conference host. And, you know, Bill Johnson was one of the speakers, Michael Maiden, Jedediah Thurner and that sort of thing. And, and so I was just turning up to this conference and, and they were really nice. I had people pick me up from the airport and they were asking, why have you come? And I'm like, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I would go into uh, the, v- they had like a VIP room set up, which was great because we had free food. And I was in there <clears throat> and I'm meeting people and, and people come up and, they, and you start talking and, and they're like, you know, where are you from? I'm from Australia. Oh, yeah, you know, what do you do? And I said I was an itinerant minister. Well, as soon as you say that to people who don't know you, they just want to back up. So everyone was kind of avoiding me the whole time because they thought my whole motive was to go over there was to try and crack open New Zealand or something like that. Little did they know that I was actually thinking of finishing up uh, being on the road. And so I'm there the whole time and I go, say, why are you here? And I'm like, just felt I had to come. <laughs> it didn't, didn't make any sense. In the middle of one of the sessions, a speaker by the name of Jedediah Thurner was speaking. And in the middle of that session, God spoke to me as clear as anything. He said, you're moving. And that was it. And then literally the next day, I got a phone call from Kings on the Gold Coast and said, would you come and preach here? And that set in motion where we ended up actually taking over that church. Sometimes we don't know why we're being obedient. A classic example of this is Jeremiah. Uh, the Bible talks about in Jeremiah chapter 13, verses 1 to 8. This is the Ben Toko translation of this. Uh, the story goes that uh, Jeremiah was there and God said to Jeremiah, Jeremiah, I want you to go to the market. So he goes to the market. God says, go buy this underwear. <clears throat> Buys the underwear, put it on. Puts it on. Go to Euphrates River. Goes to Euphrates River. Take off the underwear and hide it behind a rock. Go home. Goes home. A few weeks later, go back to the Euphrates. Goes back to the Euphrates. Grab the underwear. Grab the underwear. It was all tattered and torn. And the Bible said, then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. It was a nation-shaking word, and he only got it after a number of seemingly meaningless small steps of obedience. There are times we're doing things we don't even know why we're doing them. And we're asking ourselves, why am I even doing this? But if God called you to do it and you do it because you love God, he promises to you that it's going to make sense later. And it's going to work all things together for good for those that love God. When I went to Brisbane 12 years ago to start a Bible college, Planet Shakers College, and, and I remember the church, I was, my home church was Metro Church Brisbane, which is now IC Church. And, um, and, and, and a couple of their venues were what we call bump in and out. Uh, so it was set up each week and that sort of thing. And, and so we, the church had a truck and on it was all the sound equipment for one of the venues. Now to drive that truck, you needed a light rigid license. So there were only two staff members who had that license. So every week they were rostered on for 6am every morning to go and take that truck to this particular venue. And um, which is fair enough, you know, you've got to serve the law with gladness. And I was lucky I didn't have one of those licences. And so I remember at staff meetings, these guys would start arcing up. How come the other pastors don't have their light rigid license? Why doesn't Ben have his light rigid license and drive the truck? And I'm like, just be quiet. You know, I'm a Bible college principal. I'm a preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, that is not for me to do. You know, just get, be quiet and serve the Lord with gladness. Anyway, eventually the senior pastors, Paul and Joe Gilling, said, you know what, you're right. All our staff need to get the light rigid license. I'm like, oh, great. 
And so for a few years, and I think they did it on purpose, I was rostered on a lot. And I was... And I would have to drive that truck around and I'd be driving it like at 5.30 in the morning with an iced coffee in my hand thinking, this is ridiculous. Well, I'm, I've not come here to... I'm not some kind of intern. I'm a Bible college principal. Why am I doing this? And I remember... And, you know, the funny thing is you drive it so much, you learn how to back it in certain places and learn how to manoeuvre it and that sort of thing. But to, and then, to make it worse, just getting a lot off my chest today... There were some other pastors that came on staff that never had to get their light rigid license. So I'm at staff meeting and say, hey, 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 how about these guys? You made us get out light rigid. And I got so sick of it, eventually I got out of it by resigning. And so um, <laughs> that's, not, that's not why I did it, but, you know, it was just a nice byproduct. And I remember thinking to myself, that season, have no idea why, thank you very much, out of here. You know, made no, I think it was a giant waste of time, but anyway, we're just moving on. A couple of years ago, uh, I saw um, a friend of mine who, was, who organised delivery um, driving uh, for daycare centres for kids' food. Um, they needed someone to fill in for a day. And uh, I had the week off and I looked at it and it was near where I lived. I thought, oh, I could do that. Uh, you know, it was just a bit of extra cash and that sort of thing. And so I rang him up. And he's a guy, he's a friend of mine, he's, he goes to Hillsong Church. And I said, mate, I'll, I'll do that for you. He goes, really? I said, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. No worries. And so he said, oh, could you meet us here at um, 5 a.m.? And so I met him at the place at 5 a.m. And when I got there, he goes, oh, I forgot to ask, do you have your light rigid license? I said, yeah, why is that? And he goes, because you're driving that truck. It was the exact same truck. And we're driving in all these spots and, you know, if you didn't have experience, it'd be hard and I was doing it easy and ended up I started getting a little bit of, you know, casual work here and there. Ended up paying for all my international trips for the next couple of years. All things work together for good for those that love God and are according to his purpose. John 3.8 says this, The wind blows where it wishes. You hear the sound of it but cannot tell where it comes from or where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Notice this. It doesn't say the Spirit is like the wind. It says those born of the Spirit are like the wind. Cannot tell where it comes from or where it goes. If you're led by the Spirit of God, there are times where you don't know why you're going where you're going and you don't know where you came from. I have people ask me all the time, how'd you get into Kings? Honestly, I don't know. I'm just here. <laughs> but over the years, you just start following and doing what God wants you to do and it doesn't always make sense and then all of a sudden, here you are. When you're obedient to God, when you left your love God, you're obedient to him. And there are times when it actually doesn't make any sense. But you need to keep going and understand that God can work all things together for good. For those that love God and are called according to his purpose. And the last one is this. He goes, and we know that all things work together for good. For those that love God, who are called according to his purpose. God has a plan and purpose for every season of your life. Even when you're in it and don't understand, he's got a purpose for it and he's got a reason. So the last thing that God works together for good is everything. Everything works together for good for those that love God and are called according to his purpose. I remember when I was, every move that me and my wife made and even before being married, even before I was with Trish, every significant shift, people always asked us why we did it. And I'll be honest, I didn't know why. I remember it was David Cartledge who actually approached me um, to go to Mackay in North Queensland to become a youth pastor up there. 
Now, I was from Melbourne. And I said to him, mate, I'm not going up there. It's like the end of the earth. I said, I'm, from, I'm a city boy, you know what I'm saying? Why would I go up there? And, and I said no to him. And then God spoke to me a few weeks later and said, you've got to go. So without even having visited anything further north than Brisbane, we went up to Mackay to become youth pastors at this church, which actually also had a Christian school. Then at the end of that time, Phil God called us to move down to Brisbane and start a Bible college called Planet Shakers College. And it was in that time that we... Oh, and, and after about a year or two, um, one of our campus pastors, our church was a multi-site church. So one of our campus pastors actually um, resigned. And God said to me, he said, tell Paul you'll do it. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. Are you kidding me? I'm running a Bible college already. You know, I don't want to, you know, be a campus pastor in a multi-site church. And I spoke to Paul. I said, listen, I'll do it till you find someone. Thinking it's going to be six months. It ended up being three years being this campus pastor in a multi-site church. Then at the end of the time, I felt God took, called me to go on the road. And people, say, you know, and people say, well, why'd you do that? You know, why'd you go on the road? It's like, well, God called us to go on the road. And got to see so many different things, so many different types of churches, so many different models, meet so many different leaders. I feel like I almost did a PhD in church life by doing all that travel and seeing all these different things. And then last year, I really felt it was going to be our last year on the road. I just really felt um, it was good I scratched that itch, you know, so the desire actually started leaving, you know, because I loved being on the road. It was the greatest life, you know. You give gift baskets and everything. It's awesome. And so, and so I, just loved, I just loved it. But at the start of last year, I knew I think this is going to be my last year. Back in 2008, um, I was at a conference, uh, at, our, at state conference, when that used to, before it was at Calvary, on the Sunshine Coast, it used to be at Caloundra Civic Centre. I don't know if any of you guys remember that. And so I used to go to that. And I remember one morning I woke up in the morning and the Holy Spirit said to me, you're going to pass the Kings. And I thought, Kings on the Sunshine Coast, pastored by Steve Penny. And I thought, well, I'm not going to go up to him and tell him he's got to give me his church. <laughs> I thought, I'll just leave it. And then I left it, and then not long after, a good friend of mine, James McPherson, took it over, and that church is doing wonderful, and they changed the name from Kings to Calvary, because who knows, it wasn't supposed to be Kings. And, uh, praise God. And then after that, uh, I was asked to speak at a youth event at a church called Kings. And I went down on the Gold Coast, never seen it before. They've got this massive school, got an 800-seat auditorium. It looked unbelievable. I walked in and spoke at the youth event, and I thought, maybe this is what God is talking to me about. And then after that, the, um, I was talking to the youth pastor and he said, yeah, our senior pastor is getting old, is thinking of retiring. And I thought, oh, I wonder if that's a chance, you know. Then, then next thing I know, the senior pastor had retired and someone else was installed who was much younger. And I thought to myself, oh, well, you know, got that wrong. Let's move on. About four years ago, a good friend of mine, Robin Stevenson, Sanjay Stevenson's wife, comes up to me. She said, I had a dream you were pastoring a church called King's. And I said, listen, that you had too much pizza last night? <laughs> I said, just forget about it. Start of last year, we just felt that we were going to finish up. And so I was think, praying about our options. Then in about April, I heard that a good friend of mine, Gary Swenson, was caretaking a church, that church King's called On the Gold Coast. So I rang him up and I said, what's happening over there, Gary? And he says, well, he goes, it's quite a volatile situation. 
He said, there's a lot going on. He said, it sounds to me like they want someone who's been a senior pastor before. So basically, Gary told me to buzz off. And I said, okay, no worries, and I just let it go. Then in the meantime, I was thinking, well, I might be pastoring a church sometime. I was looking at options interstate and that sort of thing. And then one day, I was catching up with a good friend of mine, uh, and his name's Ryan Gilbank. And he's, always, he's been like my personal prophet for the last 20 years. We're sitting down and chatting at lunch one day. He goes, what are you doing next? Oh, I said, I'm thinking of going. There's this particular church I'm putting my hand up for down in Melbourne. He goes, that doesn't sound right. He goes, what about that King's one? I said, mate, I'm no chance for that, you know. I said, you know, forget about it. Straight after that, I was actually having a couple with Gary Swenson. Gary Swenson said, well... He goes, they're looking for applications for this now. And he said, I think you'd be a good fit. You should put your application in. I said, okay. And then the next day, I got a text message from a guy named Pastor Murray Averill. And uh, Murray said, would you like to have lunch this um, sometime? I said, sure. And he texted back and said, how about today? I'm like, okay. So I went and had lunch with him. And he was senior pastor of a church called Nexus. So I thought he's, he's going to try and offer me a job, as every second church does. And so I went and, um, and I sat down with him at lunch. And I'm thinking, and, and I'm trying, and I'm preempting the conversation, you know, thinking he's going to offer me a job. And he stopped me. He goes, no, no, no. He goes, I'm helping oversee the board restructure at King's College and King's Church. And he said, they're looking for applications, and I'm letting you know I think, it'd be, I think you should apply. Well, from that moment on, and then going to New Zealand, that sort of thing. Well, December 31, we were installed as senior pastors of King's which has a Christian school of 2,000, of 2000 students, another one of 500 at Pimpermar. We're starting another one in 2020 at Chambers Flat on 50 acres. We're a multi-site church. We've got all these things. And God can turn all things together for good. For those that love God. For the first time in my ministry life, every season now makes sense. Every season has worked together. It's almost like every day I'm getting prophecies fulfilled as I walk into the office. Other things that are happening. It's almost like I had no prophecies for about 10 years. And then all of a sudden it's all worked together for good. But that's a promise of the Lord. He works all things together for good. Some of you right now in the midst of bad. Some of you in the midst of meaningless. I'm going to let you know all things work together for good. For those that love God. And we're called according to His purpose. And maybe you're here and you're saying, Ben... I don't know. He says there to the Romans, hey, we know. And some of you are like, I don't. What's going on in my life? I don't know. On the inside, I've got no hope. I've just got discouragement. I can't see my way out of this. God wants you to be filled with hope in the midst of your difficulty. God wants you to be filled with hope in the midst of your tough time. God wants you to be filled with hope in the midst of your circumstance. Can I ask you to just close your eyes for a moment and If you're here today and saying, Ben, that's me, I don't know. I don't know. I'm in the midst of something bad or I've just made a mistake and I'm beating myself up over it. I'm experiencing a disappointment right now and I can't see how you can work it together for good. If you love God, he promises he'll work it all together for good. So if that's you and that's how you're feeling, just right where you are, slip up your hand and say, that's me. That's how I'm feeling today. I don't know on the inside. I'm not feeling that way today. If that is you, just slip up your hand nice and I and say, that's me today. That's how I'm feeling. Father, I pray for all those people with their hands raised. And I just ask and pray, Lord, that you would help them to know that all things work together for good for those that love God and are called according to his purpose. Help them to know on the inside, Lord God, 
to know that in spite of what's around them, in spite of the storm, that they can be filled with hope for the future. In ministry, Lord, there's times where it feels like things are closing in on every side. But I know, Lord God, that if you've called us to do something in the end, you've called us to win at it. And I just pray for every person here, Lord God, with their hand raised. I pray may they leave this place fueled with hope, reinvigorated and ready to move forward into what you have for them and help them to know on the inside that they would know that all things work together for good for those that love God and who are called according to your purpose. I thank you and praise you for the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Do we have a little break now? Is that what? Two-minute break. A two-minute toilet break, something like that. Uh, have a little stretch. Uh, <clears throat> little, yep.